Alright, so right before I started filming, I accidentally brought my Roku controller into my room, thinking I was going to use it for my podcast. So then I thought, well, can't waste a trip, might as well use it in my opening. (laughs) Yes, I cut my hair. Well, I didn't cut it. My mom buzzed it. I buzzed it. And I did it for my horror movie, which I just released a day early because I got it done early. Which has not been the case for the last few couple of horror movies. But I finished out my trilogy, got my horror movie done, I released it a day early, so if you wouldn't mind, I'm going to celebrate. It's been a long month. It really has been a long month. Producing content, making a movie, and dealing with family health issues. My mom had surgery this month, my dad had a heart attack and surgery. And three of my siblings had birthdays, which isn't a health issue, but they had birthdays, so that's busyness. So I released my movie. What I'm going to do at the end of this episode, I'm going to explain my movie a little bit. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, this is a good time to turn it off. Come back and watch the rest of the episode later. The movie has gotten a great response so far. I think it got a, uh, a thousand views in 12 hours, which to see that be a video that's not comedy is so encouraging. I know I've said that before, but it really is. To see people respond so well with comments, views, kind of making me go viral, all the shares, and to have that be something that's not comedy is just so refreshing. I can't get over that. Like, I love comedy. I'll be doing comedy for the rest of my life. But horror and drama have their place, too. They can say things that comedy can't, and vice versa. And film in general can say things that words cannot. So I'm actually expressing a lot in my horror trilogy that is deeper than just surface level slasher film stuff. But again, I'm going to get to that at the end of this episode. I'm going to talk about a content creator on TikTok in all platforms. Probably OnlyFans too. Brody Wellmaker. He made a short film earlier this year. And he spent $40,000 on this movie, this short film, and he put it behind a paywall, like people have to pay to come watch his movie, which was not smart. But his thinking is everything that I was told in film school. Do not post your short films on YouTube. Submit to film festivals. Put your stuff behind a paywall. Brody is doing that correctly, according to film school, but not according to social media. My school was so bad at teaching us anything social media. They taught us LinkedIn. Get a LinkedIn, make your professional page, update your resume from time to time. Dude, no. Get on social media, start posting content, make movies, be making a short film at all times, in any genre, get help. Get help specifically from people who are not actors or in film. Because if I was to hire... Shut up! If I was to hire a bunch of people that are not in film, the set for me is going to go by so much smoother than if I hired a bunch of filmmakers. Because all those filmmakers have their own way of doing things. They're all artists in their own mind. But if I was to get a bunch of regular people around who are not in the film industry to come help me with my vision, they would do so. And they would do so willingly occasionally pitching in their own ideas. But they don't have a previous technique because they're not from films. They don't consider themselves artists in that way. And it's funny, too. Friends from film school are kind of skimping on the support. 
Like, there are certain friends that I can send my short film to and have them respond with critique, feedback, praise, whatever. But then there's a lot of people that I went to film school with who I consider to be friends who show no indication of wanting to watch that movie at all. In fact, the movie that I just made, one of my film buddies is only really registering on his radar that I've made three of these movies. Like, I sent him the link to this one, and he goes, Oh, dude, that was great. And I said something about the other two movies, and he goes, Oh, I still need to see those. And I was like, It's been two years. I mean, you had to have known that I posted them, that I made them, and for you to have not watched them just indicates a lot to me. I don't know exactly what it indicates, but it indicates that there's doubt. That there's doubt that impedes on you fully supporting me. And I I just think that out of spite, my mission is just to shatter anybody's doubt about what I can do. Which is not my main motivator, but it is, it is a, what do you call it, byproduct of that. I made my three movies, I put them all on YouTube, not behind a paywall. I'm gonna get paid from YouTube when people view it. I'm getting my work out there. Brody Wellmaker, I didn't go watch his movie because it was nine bucks to buy or rent. No, I'm not going to. I can watch plenty of movies for free. So pretty much, it's it's good that he made that movie right before me and had this whole experience. He left TikTok for a little while because of this. And I saw everything that he did and was like, I'm going to stick to what I'm doing because I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to stick to what I'm doing because it's working for me. And it does not, what you're doing does not seem to be working for you. So sorry, my guy, but you need to figure out a better system for how to present your movies to your audience. The dude has millions and millions of followers on TikTok, way more followers than I have. And he couldn't get anybody to watch his movie. I got a lot of people to watch mine, but whatever. This is kind of disappointing. I'm skeptical. James Gunn. As the DC, as the DC's Kevin Feige. James Gunn's last rendition of the Suicide Squad, that was okay. That was decent. And I know that he's gonna, he's not going to be like making the movies for DC. He's just, man, I bit my tongue. He's just going to be like overseeing them. But I'm going to tell you right now, if that man does anything to interfere with Matt Reeves' Batman trilogy, I'm going to have to buy a ticket to Los Angeles. No, just if this man interferes with anything that Matt Reeves is doing with the Batman movies, man, I'm going to be mad. The Batman, or Batman, is the best movie of 2022. In my humble opinion, I loved that movie so much. But screw James Gunn. I wish he had stayed canceled anyways. Steve Carell? Dude, have you guys seen The Patient? Whoa. It's about a therapist who gets... Kidnapped by his patient. I think there's 11 episodes. No, 10. I think there's 10. Steve Carell delivers a style of acting that I have never seen from him before. It is slightly comedic. There are some comedy beats to it. Which he can obviously do so well. But the drama. There's a scene where Steve Carell is witnessing something so horrifying that his scream goes into super effeminate range. But I was thinking, that's real. That's real. You're not going to have control of your screams and your voice in panic mode. That's real. He's, he's creating such reality that is so intense and scarring that I'm never going to forget that performance. Ever. 
If I have to act a scene like that, I'm gonna I'm gonna put his scene at the forefront of my mind. That was incredible. So the history stop. The history that I have of discovering Steve Carell is unique. And unlike most others, maybe? So my progress of discovery was Over the Hedge. First movie that I, I had any exposure to Steve Carell was Over the Hedge. I went to see a movie. This teaser pops up, or featurette, with Steve Carell. And he goes, hi, I'm the voice of Hammy, or whatever it is, in Over the Hedge, yada yada. My first observation was, I love this guy's beard. He had a full beard. It was just like, fuck. And then a couple years later, the movie... Get Smart came out. So that became a household favorite of mine is Get Smart. I just rewatched it actually. So many funny bits in that movie. Uh, directed by the director of Tommy Boy. Which I need to update you guys on. It wasn't until several several viewings of seeing Get Smart. That I realized that oh that's the dude with the beard on Over the Hedge. Because he was clean shaven and get smart, so I didn't con- I didn't make the connection until I think I looked up his IMDb and then saw that credit and was like, "Fuck!" After that was The Office. I discovered The Office, watched the whole series multiple times. In fact, for a while, every house, five houses in a row that I lived in with roommates or family, each had The Office on forever repeat on the TV. In the living room. It was just The Office. The Office, The Office, The Office. And I came to really dislike The Office. Because something that I loved so much, people around me started to love it and obsess over it so much. And I was like, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna put this down. I started getting so tired of it. But I'm slowly coming back to it as the uh, Peacock super, super fan episodes go up in Peacock. After The Office, I did go back and I, I watched The 40-Year-Old Virgin. And that actually is very charming. That has a very good message uh, in the end. And Steve Carell is just so funny as this very innocent person who's never had sex before. (laughs) But there's one scene where they're all, like, talking about their experiences, and then they ask Steve Carell, and he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, man, we were. It was an all-night scene. He doesn't say that, but it's... You get the gist. And then Foxcatcher. And then Foxcatcher. He was relatively unrecognizable, and he played of, uh, I almost said Billin. Billin, which is bad guy or villain. He played the bad guy. That was a memorable performance, too. I don't remember very much about it. Uh, Despicable Me in there somewhere, and a couple other movies that, you know, whatever. But The Patient is something totally new. I already love Steve Carell so much, and then he comes out with this show... I recommend it. It's on Hulu. Please go watch those 10 episodes. So good. I, I, My acting teacher, my third one in film school, uh, acted in an episode of The Office. It's the scene where um, Pam's mom is having her birthday at the restaurant. And Michael kind of wants to break up because he finds out her real age. <laughs> my acting teacher is in that scene somewhere. Right by Steve Carell. Like she, she walks up to the bar, grabs drinks on a tray and then walks. And she said that observing him in in that space before and after filming, he was so zoned and locked in and so serious about his performance. Even though it's goofy and wacky and improvised, in between takes he's like zoned in, no distractions, don't talk to me. 
I love that. I've heard that from another person, I think maybe from TikTok, who was on set with him. And and I think that that would probably be my my technique as well, is even though I have to be goofy and silly, I would need to be serious and completely familiarized with the stuff, words, come to me with the material before I go out and start filming it. So, I had a breakthrough when it comes to my Tommy Boy sequel. Okay. Like I said, I just watched Get Smart, who was directed, which is directed by Peter Siegel, who made Tommy Boy. Apparently, he's a good guy. No, but, um, Tommy Boy. So, you all know Tommy Boy, Chris Farley, the character. Unfortunately, he's not going to be in the sequel that I'm writing for relatively obvious reasons. But, my character, I introduce. My character, who is Tommy Boy's son, his name is Chris. Get it? Because the Farley one. Chris, as no mod to him. My character does something. You know what? I'm going to celebrate this breakthrough, too. In my movie, my character is introduced in a life of petty crime. At some point in the movie, he is arrested and sat down by police officers. I almost said officials, officers. And he is told that because of a loophole in their legal system in the jurisdiction, he has been granted full immunity for seven days. And it takes them over seven days to fix this issue because the legal system works that way. So it's kind of the legal system working against itself. So my character, Chris, is free for seven days to do whatever he wants with inside, with, with inside city limits. And if he has any friends or accomplices, they're arrested because they don't have full immunity. He does. But the real message being the consequences that come with freedom. Movie inspirations alongside Tommy Boy that I'm taking from this are The Purge and Groundhog Day. Where in Groundhog Day, he just like kills himself over and over. (laughs) Alives himself. I've heard a theory that he does it almost 400 times in the story, not the movie, but the story. So my character wouldn't be that free, but like The Purge, where he just gets to commit every crime and the cops just have to sit there and watch. (laughs) I mean, I'm basically writing the movie as if Chris Farley was granted full immunity. Like, can you imagine that? If that dude, as wild as he was, was given freedom. You are given freedom for a week. What would he do? I mean, I'm talking anything. Full immunity from anything. From murder, from stealing a cop car, from blowing stuff up. I think it is a hysterical idea, and I am writing it. I've written more pages in the last week than I have probably all year for it. That's not even close to true, actually. Because uh, I, I had, like, almost 40 pages written this year. So I've, I think I've only written, like, three scenes over the past couple weeks. And that's a lie, too. Because only in the last week... Have I uh, ta- have I had this breakthrough? Because I didn't talk about this in my last episode, so it had to have been in this week, so whatever. What I'm doing with my movies and my writing is I write from truth, from reality, my past, but I also write with fiction, enough fiction, to where it's 50-50, truth and fiction. And where those lines start to blur, you guys don't really know, and that's okay as long as I do as the creator. So far, my movies have been able to say words that actual English words would not be able to say. In three movies, I expressed a beginning, middle, and end to life attached to a vice. And it was an incredible microphone to be able to have because this isn't just a message I could get on TikTok and just 
talk about. The only way that I'm able to get some of my thoughts across, anything more than a joke, is through podcasting or through movies. That's literally it. So why am I not doing that all the time? I should go to two podcasts a week and be making movies constantly. I have no reason not to. The only thing that would be stopping me is motivation. How often do I sit there, have an idea for a video, and just think, nah, I'll make it later, and then I forget the idea later. Because I didn't write it down, and I didn't get up and make it, and I should have, but I was watching a movie or whatever. My career path trajectory has film in it, social media too, but I really don't want to be making TikToks into my 30s. Even though there are plenty of people like Will Smith, Frank Caliendo, who are all on TikTok, they were already famous and then got TikTok. That's why they're verified. Not me. I'm a very different story. I come from nowhere. This is me trying to fit into the industry right now. That's me trying to get into this freaking industry. And it's like other creators and platforms are doing this. Oh, yep. Oh, yep. What? You want to get by? Oh, you want to get by? Oh, okay. Yep. Nope. Oh, I thought you were going that way. I'm going that way. I just want to... You know? (laughs) But I am going to find a pocket of entertainment that has not been explored yet. And that's my territory. I just made... I just made three... I just made three faith-based horror slashers. I just made three faith-based horror slasher movies. Who else is doing that? That's fine. I just bit my tongue again. But that's more the digital realm. When it comes to stage time, stand-up comedy and such. I saw this motivational speaker one time. I just popped into a random church. And the Lord tends to use those times... Because I don't go to church very often, but the times that I do, he makes it very memorable. Memorable for me. Popped into this church. There was this one motivational speaker. And he just does this. He just travels around to different churches. That's how he makes his money. The dude is not a pastor, and he's not a stand-up comedian. This dude was so funny. This church was massive. He had everybody roaring in laughter multiple times. Seeing him do his thing, I thought, I want to do that. Not be a pastor, not be just a stand-up comedian. I would love to be both. And I already get to kind of do that with my movies. Not my content, but my movies. But I would love that kind of stage time. It doesn't only need to be churches because my demographic is not going to be Christians. It's going to be non-believers. Why, as a believer, would I witness to other believers? It just, that makes no sense. The people that I talk to with my movies, my music, my content, it's going to be people who don't believe. This guy on stage also talked about a time that he was so broke. He was in church, and he gave the rest of the money that was in his bank account, he gave it to the church. In a check, he just wrote a check to the church, and that was everything he had in his bank account. It was not very much. Fast forward a couple years later, and now he's a lot more successful. He wrote a check to another church for $100,000. And he gave it to the church, and it was maybe a fraction of his money in his bank account at that time. That's absurd. Not that money would be the main motivator there, but there is money to be found. Especially when giving to the churches, and then you'll find that come back around. 
especially when giving to the churches and just individual people, you'll find that that comes back around. I don't call it karma. I don't really have a word for it. I just know that the Bible talks about it often. What you put out into the world, you will get back. And, you know, something about Chris Farley that I find incredibly interesting was that he went to Mass. He went to Sunday Mass every Sunday. He was very adamant about going to Mass, which his friends encounter... So that means he would have had to have a Catholic church that he went to in New York, Los Angeles, and Minnesota. Nope, Wisconsin. I would love to hear about the lives of the people that he touched at those churches. I would love to hear about the lives of the people that he touched at those churches. Can you imagine being in Catholic Mass and just looking over and there's Chris Farley? Even if he just had one conversation with one person, I mean, what were those conversations like? He had to be hounded at those masses. He had to be. I would love to hear those stories, though, about this, that, and the other. About Chris Farley going to these Catholic masses and even making connections with people who are not entertainers where there's no cameras around. I would love to hear that. I wrote a short film about my cousin who passed away. I wrote a short film about my grandma who passed away and my grandpa who passed away. They all vary in length. One is two and a half pages, one's 13 pages, and one is going to be around 40 pages. But these are all true stories of things that have happened to my... But these are all true stories that have happened to my family. And I just want to tell them in... A narrative form to address what everybody else goes through too because my family's no different and i feel like because i have the power to i would love to do so to use it wisely my grandma was hit in a crosswalk by a truck trying to beat the light my cousin died when a hospital cleared him to go home i talked about this recently and my uncle died from two strokes two separate strokes years apart But he was a ventriloquist for 40 years and a pastor too. And he had his own TV show called Wally's World. I just would love for people to know these things about me, my history, my family. So this takes me into my last topic for this episode. There will be spoilers for anybody who has not seen my horror movie Carnal, which I just released today. I released it a day early because I got it done a day early. So I felt like... I was just so excited I had to release it because what I'm talking about in this movie, I'm showcasing the begin, I'm showcasing the beginning, middle, and end of life attached to a vice. As I've said multiple times before. This one is the most. This one is the most faith-based because of the very last scene, which I don't technically expect most people to make it through the very end to the very end of the movie because there's kind of two endings, but whatever. I cried my eyes out yesterday when I finished it and then today when I posted it and watched it on my TV because not only I cried at the final shot the last shot where it kind of lifts up like that slowly I cried because not only is that the last shot to my movie it is the last shot to my trilogy that I started in 2020 And I'm done with the horror genre for now. I've done as many reaction shots and eye movements and, uh, you know, as as I can do. And I'm done giving attention to that side of the spirit realm. In three movies, I've addressed the dangers of vices and the demonic spirituality that occurs with addiction. 
But I, I'm done addressing that. I want to I wanna address the light side. Whether that's comedy, drama, a Christmas movie, whatever. I would love to shift and start doing some comedy in movie form. Because that's something I've never really done. Making a comedy movie is hard. So it is something that I would love to start doing. It's hard, dude. It's harder than a horror movie. Making something funny, getting the laugh reaction is legitimately a I don't know. I'm I'm kind of scared of the comedy genre of in movies. I can make content all day long, but when it comes to comedy movies, it's a different beast and it kind of scares me. But I want to tackle it because it's one of my strong suits is comedy. And, and combining that with another strong suit of mine, which is storytelling, I think I can make a good project. So I think the next project that I'm working on is a Christmas movie. I'm going to start writing that this month, well, November. And then, I don't know, but maybe if I can get it out by Christmas, I'm going to try. I would love to release a comedy Christmas movie. So thank you guys so much for being here with me. Honestly, in Harmonica, Harmonica is probably the only movie that takes place in the physical realm. Folly and Carnal. Folly and Carnal take place more in the spirit realm. It's souls interacting as opposed to human beings. Like in this movie, my character goes after some animals, but it's not animals in... They're not animals in my meaning behind the film. They are physical animals in the movie. Yeah, sure. But what I'm saying behind, but what I'm saying through the imagery of even using these animals goes a lot deeper than just the surface level that you may think. And as long as I as a creator know that, you as the audience member will trust me. When I don't know my character's motivations, that is also felt by the audience. We're like, okay, well this guy doesn't know what he's doing. But I just felt that I had all my bases covered Bases covered? Yeah, that's how you say that for this movie, and I'm really, really proud of it. It's some of the best dramatic work I've ever done, especially on camera. It's some of the best editing, cinematography I've ever done. I got help from a lot of different people who both gave financially or came in and physically acted in my movie. Towards the end, when Shaved Head Colin appears... That is meant to be the little angel on his shoulder, on your shoulder. The Colin that is in the movie for the majority of the time who commits these acts with the long hair, that's the demon on the shoulder. And this movie is kind of a battle between good and evil because in Folly, my second movie, bad wins. In this movie, Carnal, no longer the case. It is said in the Bible that angels and demons are fighting all around us right now in this realm. So right, like I could interfere with their fighting right now. Okay, that was close. But I find that so fascinating and I am just trying to showcase that however I can through the storytelling medium of film. And this definitely won't be the last time that I explore these themes, but it just won't be in this genre. But thank you and I love you all. Thank you. But thank you guys so much for being here with me. But I think that that is my episode. Thank you guys so much for being here with me and sticking it to the end if you did. Thank you for watching my movie. Thank you so much. The response that I'm getting is, again, so encouraging, man. So, peace, much love. I will catch you guys next week.